Be confident. Be bold. Be authentic. But don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass, episode number 183. In this episode, you're going to hear from Prit, the marketing nomad. Prit is an entrepreneur, podcaster, YouTuber, digital nomad, and a nano-influencer, for some reason I said that funny, nano-influencer with a zest for life. Her sole purpose in her business is empowering entrepreneurs and small business owners across the world so they can gain confidence. In this episode, we talk about overcoming hardship, journaling, imposter syndrome. There's so many great takeaways and like actionable steps that you can take. So definitely stay tuned. But first, before we get there, if you love this podcast or this episode, then I would love it if you headed over to iTunes and left a five-star rating and review. That way, other badasses like you can find the show. And if that's really not your jam, I get it. No worries. Um, You could always just share it with a friend. Hit the three dots on the top of your episode and there should be an option to share and then send it to a friend who is also a badass and that you think could find it useful. All right, let's get to the show already. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I'm so glad you're here. Today's guest is Prit, the marketing nomad. Prit, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to have you on the show. Oh, Marie, the honor is absolutely mine. I'm super, super excited to be on your show and share my journey with your audience. Um, it's, it's an absolute honor for me. Awesome. Awesome. I'm so excited for this. But before we go any further, I've got to ask you, do you consider yourself ordinary or badass? badass. I mean, I don't even have to think twice about it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> tell me, can you tell us why? Okay. So let me start a little bit about my journey. And I think um, it will start to become evident why I consider myself a total badass. So um, I actually finished my MBA in uh, New York, in Rochester. And um, I had about a year's time to work on my student visa. And then I had to convert that into a work visa. Unfortunately, after working for a year, my work visa wasn't processed, which meant I had to come back to India. And at that point, uh, you know, I was absolutely devastated. Like it was, I I think it was gut-wrenching pain because I had to leave a job that I loved. I had to leave my friends. I had to leave a place that I had called home for the last three years, a place that I had felt safe. And, And, you know, just so many memories to that place. And not just that, I think that um, in certain societies, uh, the perception exists that you need to be in a certain city or in a certain place to achieve success. And the minute everybody saw me leaving, you know, New York City, basically, you know, it was, uh, people thought that, you know, my career was done for, you know, even before it had started and that 
I probably was not going to make it uh, in my life. So at that point, you know, with all those thoughts circling in my head, I had two options. One, I could, you know, put my resume on LinkedIn, start from scratch and apply to a full-time job. But at the back of my mind, I mean, I always knew someday I would start my own business. This was something that was very clear to me from the beginning, from when I was a kid, actually. And I thought, well, I'm anyway at level zero, you know, why not? I actually just chip all of my savings, you know, put it all in and then start my own business. Yes, it's five years in advance, but, uh, you know, I think I can do it. I think I'm just going to do it. And then it was like I had pondered about it for a month. And after one month, I think I was just so frustrated with myself for constantly pushing it off. Like I didn't want to think about it. And then even when I thought about it, I felt my anxiety rising because I didn't think I was ready. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have my ducks in a row. I didn't know where to start. All of those things. I mean, those are limiting beliefs that we will talk about um, as we go through this podcast episode. But it was just one thought after the other, just nagging at me and just constantly giving me anxiety attacks. And I just, one day, I don't know how I did it. I mean, of course, I do know the process that led to it, but I was like, no, you know, I'm not going to let these thoughts affect me. And I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to set up my business. And it's been two years since I made that decision. It's been a hell of a journey. It's been crazy. I have worked with 60 plus clients all over the world. I have a YouTube channel. I'm a podcaster. I have an Etsy store. Um, you know, I have a marketing consultancy firm. I'm in India at the moment. My company is in Delaware. There's just so much that I have accomplished in the two years that I've, you know, done this entrepreneurial journey. And I don't think that I would be where I am today if I weren't badass, even if I didn't just decide that I was going to do it despite the fear, because the fear was there. I'm not going to like deny it or uh, wash over the fact that there was fear. So yes, I think it was pretty badass for me to do that. And I think as women, we, we fail to acknowledge that we are pretty badass. You know, I think it's some sort of hesitation to say uh, we are badass. So I, I really like the fact that your podcast talks about going from ordinary to badass and empowering us as women to acknowledge the fact that we are badass. You know, it's just that one decision we are just one decision away from being badass. And I, and I absolutely love, you know, what you are doing with your podcast. Oh, thank you. And I think it's so like, it's so cool when you have this fear and then you push past it and then you see like the big results, you know, and I'm sure, yes, it didn't happen overnight. It took time, but then <laughs> yeah. did that help push you in other areas of your life too and face other fears? Absolutely. I think, and you know, I, I'm sure you're going to agree with me on this, Marie. It's that the entrepreneurial journey is fundamentally about you. It's about getting to know yourself, understanding your strengths, your weaknesses, what you like, what you don't like, what you have to put boundaries for. It, the amount of, uh, you know, self-reflection and self-awareness that I've had in the last two years have actually led me to keeping healthier boundaries in my personal life it has led to much more enriching relationships in my own personal life because like I said with this journey I started becoming more aware of my strengths of my weaknesses if there was a weakness that I couldn't overcome 
in the moment, there were times that I had to work around it. And I think that's a really good tip that I do have for your audience. There might be some weaknesses of yours that you can't overcome in the moment. And that's completely okay, as long as you're working towards overcoming it. But there are going to be ways that you can work around it. You know, and I think that's that's one of the most beautiful things that I've learned about myself. And it has helped me a lot in my personal life as well. So, yes, absolutely. Can you give us an example like of something that you've done a workaround on? Absolutely. So uh, for me, basically, um, I think that sometimes I'm not exactly uh, the most motivated person, you know. And sometimes there are moments where I feel very unmotivated. And when it comes to uh, like when, when you're un- feeling unmotivated, it's usually something internal that's going on with you. All right. One of the things and I know that that is my weakness. That is something that I own up to unless I am 100 percent absolutely passionate about the project. I am not going to be doing it. This is one of my strengths. It's also one of my weaknesses. However, when you are a business owner, when you are an entrepreneur, there are things that you might not necessarily be 100% passionate about, but you have to still do it to keep the workings of your business going. So in that way, I know, okay, well, this is a task that I'm probably not going to be so you know, up and upbeat about it. And it's gonna probably take me some time to do it because I'm so unmotivated. I commit to it publicly. I let people know on my Instagram stories that I'm working on this. And this is an example that I can actually just take from three days ago. There was this Etsy product that I had to upload. And it's basically, I put the same digital product in five different colors. So it's the same process that I have to repeat five times. And monotony is not my best friend. (laughs) I do not like it. (laughs) So, I mean, that's why I chose marketing because it's such a vibrant field and every day is so different. That's why I am an entrepreneur as well. So monotony is not my best friend. So I committed to it publicly. I started telling people one down, four to go, three down, two to go. You know, that was one way that I was able to beat my weakness or at least work around it because I am aware that this is my trait. You know, while I I do work on it, while I do, you know, introspect and take the time to figure out what's happening, it's still a process. I'm still in a work in progress. So yeah, that was one example that I do have for you. And what I like about that is that also allows other people to kind of see behind the scenes. It allows them to see like, okay, you struggle too, you're human, but then also people can cheer you on, which is cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that people, you know, there's this common misconception that, oh, you should be self-motivated all the time and people should not cheer you on. You should not depend on it. But I think it's okay sometimes, you know, yes, of course you need to be self-motivated, but it's okay to accept that that cheering on and people's support around you you i feel that we think we have to do this alone or we have to be on this journey by ourselves and all of those things but it's okay to get a little bit of support it's okay to ask for help i think that's another huge tip that i personally didn't do for the first year of my entrepreneurship journey and i struggled with it like i really did um, because i thought oh i had to do everything by myself and it's, I, I, was, I was painfully aware of how alone I was in that journey. And in the last year, I've made friends with people online, you know, online entrepreneurs. And, you know, we share our struggles. We ask for help with each other. It's a beautiful community that I've built. And I realized it's okay to ask for help. Yes, I think it's like 
badass to ask for help. And it's something that I've definitely yeah. struggled with too, just thinking like, oh, I just got to hammer this out or bucket them <laughs> into it. But um, it always works out better when you're struggling yes. with something to include other people and it can like make it a lot easier. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think it's, it's, it's part of our trait as an entrepreneur or a business. I think it's very embedded in us because this is a very common struggle that I see even with my online entrepreneur friends. Right, right, absolutely. So earlier you mentioned something like about when you moved to New York and you moved there from India, correct? Yes, yes. So I want to know, like, what was your headspace like at that time? Was that intimidating to move to New York and take the leap to do that? And how did you push yourself to do it? Okay, so uh, for me... So a little bit about my backstory is that I grew up in Singapore and then from Singapore, I moved to India when I was, I think, 11 or 12. And then from India, I moved after my engineering. So for me, moving countries was not a big deal. Okay, I had already done that once before. I'd already made the adjustments. So for me, I think I was just really excited about the whole concept of moving to a new country, uh, resetting my life in a lot of ways, and then I, I was doing my MBA program and I was super excited about what new direction my life would take. But in hindsight, I think that I was actually nervous, but I mistook the nervous energy as excitement. And, you know, when I did that, I think I was able to face it so much more boldly, whether it was talking to new people on the first day of my class, you know, that was pretty intimidating. And I just did it. If you ask any of my friends, they were like, Prit was just completely so friendly the first day and she was making friends with us and she was introducing herself and I was able to do that because you know um, I think that there was a fear whether I would be accepted I was an Indian I was I think the only Indian at that point or one of the two Indians in a class of 40 people if I'm not wrong so you know ethnicity wise um, my racial you know differences all of those things I mean it, it kind of gets to you you feel that you know are people going to accept me and, uh, you know, my accent was very different at that point, all of those things, you know, so I think it was just moving past that fear and letting your excitement overshine the fact that, you know, you are nervous and of course, ridiculous optimism. I think that I have always been ridiculously optimistic about every challenge, about every step in my life. And I think that's one of the uh, things that have pushed me forward. Yes. So how do you do that? The optimism part, like may, so maybe it comes natural or maybe you learned it from a parent or something, but is there like certain things you say to yourself to pump yourself up or like cheerlead yourself to go on? There are a lot of things that I do. So it didn't come naturally to me, to be honest with you. I've had a pretty difficult life up until I was 24. There were a lot of um, things in my personal life that uh, led to a lot of toxicity in my life and all of those things. So it's pretty much that uh, I had, I didn't understand what being happy was until I reached the age of 25, which is actually pretty sad. And I've been knocked down more than once by the age of 29. One was the, the whole work visa incident, but that wasn't the first time that I'd been knocked down so bad and so publicly as well. So for me, learning how to be optimistic was a challenge because especially with the work visa thing, I, I was in a really bad headspace. I, I had come to a point where I felt nothing good was ever going to happen to me. I was like, why is it that every single time I try to do something or I'm happy, I'm suddenly dragged down. And 
It was during like the first year of my entrepreneurship journey, truly, if I have to be very honest with you, Marie, is when I learned that I have to be positive. I have to learn how to be positive and learn how to be optimistic and um, you know, embrace the fact that life is happening for me and not to me. And there are a number of ways that I went about this. One, because I was getting a lot of anxiety attacks, especially during that time, like that was the time I started getting anxiety attacks. I started meditating. I started meditation. Like I was introduced to meditation in grade three because of my school and I laughed it off. I'm like, my mind has way too many things running in my mind. I'm not going to do it. That's not for me. But when I started meditating, that was transformational for me. Um, there is this YouTube channel called Jason Stevenson. He has guided meditations and also music. Really, really good. Highly recommend to a lot of people. Other than that, I also do like a deep dive, especially when I'm feeling low or not optimistic because I do have bouts. I am human, right? Um, I do a deep dive on some of the inspirational YouTube channels that um, of the people I in, I'm inspired you know, by. Like for example, Robin Sharma or James Clear, or, uh, you know, who else, Sarah Blakely, you know, all of these inspirational stories, I just take it upon me, because if they can do it, then yes, I can too. So that's one more way, you know, um, going by the people that you are inspired by, just learning about their story, learning about their journey, because especially with Sarah Blakely, you can make out how much she struggled through her initial journey, you know, and just knowing that, especially in the times when you're feeling really negative, can help you say, okay, well, she made through all that. So I can too. Another thing that I do, and it's, it's one of the best habits that I have picked up uh, in the last two years is journaling that I will recommend to every single person that I see even to my clients, <laughs> even though they probably hire me for marketing. I'm like, no, you should journal. You, this is something that you should be journaling. And you know, if your listeners, they're a little confused on how to start journaling, I usually ask myself questions before I journal, like, how am I feeling today? Why am I feeling this way? And then if there was one thing I could change about today, what would I change? And then another thing that I ask myself is if I could do one thing to make me happy tomorrow, what would it be? So these are four questions that I usually ask myself other than actually writing what I feel, my exact emotions as much as possible, I do not try to suppress it. So if I'm feeling sad, if I'm feeling angry, I go through the motions. I go through the entire emotion and then I write it all out. I'm not embarrassed by it. I am very kind to myself during that entire process. And once it's all on paper, you automatically feel a lot lighter. You know, it just, it just lightens you and you start to be more optimistic. And I think with journaling, there's one thing that I do that I have not seen anyone doing, but um, I, can, I, I can share it with your audience. It has helped me a lot. Um, sometimes I just stop thinking and I write whatever I wish my dream life could be or would be. And not just that, I make it as real as possible, as in it's happening the next day. And the minute I start to visualize that, I realize how simple or easy it can be to get there. I write down actionable steps that I can take to get there as well. Like, for example, if it's as simple as waking up in the morning, maybe my actionable step is to set an alarm for 6 a.m. tomorrow. That's it. It's just as simple as that. 
the next day we'll think about it when it comes but for tomorrow i'm gonna wake up at six and you know it's those baby steps that i have taught myself how to be optimistic because i think that yes there are moments where there are bursts bursts of optimism but you have to be able to sustain that and i think that is something that i have learned in the last two years yes uh yeah you said that you were taught first like the meditation part in third grade which i think is amazing at least to like introduce kids to the idea because i feel yes. like um at least in the united states or in washington state where i'm at that has never happened to my knowledge or I don't hear of anybody doing that. So I think it's so cool to set kids up at a young age, even just to, to introduce them to it, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I knew about it, but it, it helped me much later in my life. If I had never been introduced to it, I don't think I would have fallen back to it. You know, I was exactly. like, oh, that, that was, that made sense back then. Maybe I should try it now, you know, um, maybe yes. I've grown up or something like that. So yes, Absolutely. And then, I mean, I can absolutely relate like on the meditation front and like doing a lot of self work, um, but really it just sets you up for the day or sets your mood like completely different than it would be otherwise, or absolutely. the things that affected you before won't affect you the same way, which I think is super important, um, not just for entrepreneurs, but for women in general, like it can be an absolute game changer. Absolutely. I definitely feel that, Marie. So I know... Earlier, you mentioned that you have struggled with imposter syndrome. Oh, so can you <laughs> Can you, one, explain what that is? Um, and then also, what helped you get over imposter syndrome? So imposter syndrome is when you, in very simple terms, you don't feel good enough, okay? It's you implementing these self-sabotaging beliefs that restrict you from achieving your full potential. And it is something that will occur at every single step, okay? When I started, there was a different imposter syndrome. The imposter syndrome that I have today is completely different, but it still exists. And the, here's the thing about imposter syndrome is that the more successful you are, the less you are going to feel that you deserve it, which is an imposter syndrome by itself. So when you first start, you're probably going to feel, you know, um, I, I'm not worthy of this. I don't think I can do it. All of those things. Those are all imposter syndromes at a very uh, small stage. And one of the things that I did to overcome that was, um, first off, I think one of my biggest imposter syndrome was, am I capable of teaching marketing? Because at that point, I had, known, I had, I had learned marketing through my MBA program for two years. I'd worked for a year. But then there were all these experts out there who had done marketing for like 10 years and, you know, they had years and years of experience. So I was like, you know, maybe, maybe I'm not the expert that I think I am. Maybe I can't. But what I didn't realize at that point was even though they had years of experience, I also had something to bring to the table. And that was an initial hesitation that I did have. And for me, one of the best ways to work around imposter syndrome is writing down my strengths. This is something that I do every single year before I start the new year. I list out as many strengths as I can find. And I usually do this in the last week of December. And every time I feel low or I feel that I'm not an expert, I feel that imposter syndrome is really getting to me, I read it. I take the time and I read through all of my strengths because that is me reminding myself how badass I am, 
you know at the end of the day that helps that really helps to know your strengths a few people think that you know it's arrogance to know your strengths i don't think so i absolutely don't think so i think you need to know your strengths you need to be constantly reminded by yourself and the imposter syndrome that i have today probably is you know am i deserving of this success Okay, and uh, you know, if, if I have like, I've done over 200 sales on Etsy and a part of me is like, really, really 200? I mean, am I worthy of that? <laughs> I'm not, not sure of that. But the thing is I have put in that effort. I have actually done the work. I did my research. There's SEO, there's marketing strategies that are in place. So yes, I mean, if, you, if any other person were to look at it, they would say yes, totally deserving. But somehow when it comes to you and from your side of things, everything just gets clouded. You stop recognizing the things that you do or you did to get to where you are. And I think that's one of the biggest, biggest causes of imposter syndrome. So a huge like pro tip that I do have for you is document your journey. This is something that I personally do as well. I do have a diary where I document every single thing I do for my business. And it's not just, you know, saying, oh, I did this today. No, I even write down my entire thought process. Like, for example, releasing an XC product with five different colors. There is an actual monologue that I have in my diary or in my business journal that says, am I going to do one color? Should I do five? What's the pro what's the benefit of doing five? Oh, it's going to take too much time, but people have options. You know, it's reading those conversations that you have with yourself that can actually help you realize that, no, I deserve this. I went through the entire process. I thought this through. I have put my strategies in place and I am deserving of this success. So keeping a business diary works wonders. It is something that I have done, I think, for the last two years. Just that I wanted to document my journey, uh, but it ended up helping me in such a drastic and different way. So highly recommend that. Yeah, I can see that helping in so many different ways because it's like you two years, like you forget what happened necessarily day one or Absolutely. day two, but then you can go back and look and then be like, oh, and that can kind of make you feel badass or get a little swag, you know, <laughs> Just like, <laughs> oh, I overcame that, you know. Absolutely. And like I said, like one of my weaknesses is I forget. Okay. So, uh, you know, I absolutely forget. There's like a million things running in my head at any given point in time. So, you know, having these conversations that I had with myself written down on paper, locked up somewhere, I can always go back and analyze, okay, why did I make that decision? Because sometime in the future, I'm going to forget why I made that decision and maybe accidentally reverse it. So all of those things can lead to bigger repercussions and, you know, uh, it can hit you financially as well. So I think that having a business diary just in general, uh, taking down your thoughts towards your business, really a game changer. Yes. O2B audience, listen to the things Prit is saying. She has <laughs> such awesome, like actionable tips, things that you can implement, even if you're not an entrepreneur and you work at a day job, right? You're still yes. making plans and doing things that are setting you up for success. And you're, if you wonder, why did I make that decision? Why did I do it that way? Then you can still have a journal. It doesn't just apply to entrepreneurs. So I think that's so cool. Absolutely. When I was working, I had a work diary. So every single decision that I was making at work, um, whether it was my marketing manager at the time making it for me, I would write down her thoughts as well. So, you know, absolutely. You're right, Marie. You don't have to be an entrepreneur. It could be your work diary as well. As long as you are making decisions, as long as there is a process involved over there, write it down. You know, 
um, it really helps, it does. So I know that you are the digital nomad. How did that name come about? And then <laughs> what does being a digital nomad allow you to do? Oh, okay, so amazing. Uh, I love the question. So first off, when I, when I decided that I would take the leap and become an entrepreneur, I, the first question that I asked myself was, what am I hoping to achieve with this? You know, why am I going to be choosing this over a nine to five job? That question was super, super important for me because it was like I was going to put in all my savings into this. <laughs> like I had to be triple sure, if not double. So I was like, OK, um, the reason why I want to become an entrepreneur is, of course, first to help as many businesses across the world as possible. I didn't want to restrict myself to one industry or one company at the time. And then. Then my second goal was that I wanted to travel. I just wanted to, that freedom to travel the world. And when I started, I was like, okay, so I want to be a nomad and I am absolutely passionate about marketing. So I was like, nomad, marketing, marketing, nomad, the marketing nomad. I think that's the name. And then I checked on Instagram and that handle was available. Basically it all boils down to that, I guess. <laughs> the handle was available bought the domain and that's how the name stuck. It's been two years. And of course, with, you know, the pandemic and everything that has put a stop to the traveling aspect of my life. But I'm sitting in India today and I've got clients all over the world. I've worked with clients from, I think, seven different countries. I have a podcast that uh, I have listeners from over 147 cities across the world. I mean, that is pretty global to me. And that is something that I have achieved just by sitting at home with a laptop and of course, a lot of work that goes on into it. But, you know, it has given me that freedom. It has absolutely changed the way I view life. And I, and I really want to like take this opportunity to say that if you've got a dream that, you know, you really want to achieve and one of the best ways to go about it is to do it on your own. It's all about taking that leap of faith. I think that people think being badass, like going from ordinary to badass is a process, but it's really not. It's just one step that makes all the difference that really changes your life. And I took that one step and I have been taking steps in that badass <laughs> bubble since then. And it's been amazing. It's, it's really been amazing. So you talked a little bit about like, okay, I'm at home and I have my computer. It can be hard to be healthy. And I know every job has their own things, you know, but how do you keep healthy habits as an entrepreneur? Oh, absolutely. So one is, um, especially in the beginning, I definitely struggled with this uh, because I was working at home and I started to see that my work and life kind of merged in together. I was working like 16 hours a day I was burned out within six months like there was a point where I couldn't even look at my laptop without just saying no I'm done and that was when I realized I drastically needed to shift my habits and ensure that I was uh, you know giving myself that time for my personal life as well as working you know kind of keeping a balance so one of the things that I personally do is I have a routine for the morning. I have a routine for the evening as well. So in uh, my morning routine is usually about 10 minutes of meditation before I get to work. And I journal before I get to work. Like I get all my emotions, all my thoughts, everything on paper 
and then I start my work because I've noticed that when I don't do journaling and I get to work, there's usually some thought that's uh, nagging me about my personal life. And I'm just like, oh, can you move away, please? I, I really need to focus. So just getting it all on paper really helps. So having a morning routine helps. Um, and then in the evening, I have, you know, my one hour of exercise that is absolutely compulsory. Like I can't skip it. Whether or not I work that day, I have to do my exercise. And the thing is that, especially when you are an entrepreneur or a business owner, if you do not have the right energy levels, your business isn't going to survive. So you need to be fit. You need to be healthy and you need to be like, not just physically fit you also need to be mentally fit there's a lot that goes on especially when it comes to exercising my mental health it's a lot guys and like I have to tell you that there is a lot like every single day there's at least one disappointment or there is at least one challenge that I'm trying to overcome or there's one solution that I'm trying to sustain that's a lot in terms of the energy that is drained so having routines really help and then there is something that I do and it's really silly but I, I recommend it to everyone is that I actually put self-care time on my work calendar and I it's something that is non-negotiable and for me I love doing my nails I do like really cute designs I put sneakers on them I put ladybugs or penguins or whatever it is I really get excited about those things and I actually put that time on my work calendar so that I do not skimp on it and this has been wonderful for you. It could be something else, you know, you could find fascination with gardening. You could uh, love making jewelry, whatever it is, make sure that it is on your work calendar, because if it is on your personal calendar, it, you're going to forget about it. It's you're probably never going to get to it. And every Tuesday, it's like my time that is dedicated to me. And of course, in the night journaling, reading a book, um, something not related to my business helps a lot because it helps me turn my mind off. Then practicing meditation even throughout the day, every time I feel like I'm not being in the present moment and I, my thoughts are racing to the future, anxiety kicking in, all of those things, um, it just really helps. So these are a few things that I do have. Yes, there's so much power in that, just like stepping away from the work you're doing and just getting Absolutely. a break or refreshing your mind. Um, I think that's so helpful because there can be this culture of just like, power through it, just work through. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, it's a very toxic thought process. Yes, you can get like into it because I think that we tend to feel guilty when we're not working. But sometimes not working is also helping your business. So I absolutely. think or even your life in general, even if you are not an entrepreneur, or a business owner, if you're feeling burned out, you probably should step away. Right, right. Take your hour lunch, go for a yes. walk, you know, just do something for yourself during that time. I know you have all these cool things that you're doing, you know, like with the journaling in the morning, with the meditating, with the exercising, it's a lot of self-care stuff. And I would say yes. it doesn't all have to be extreme, especially when you're starting out. You know what I mean? Like a, you don't have oh, to do yes. an hour of exercise, do five minutes of exercise. You mentioned James Clear earlier. He is perfect. Yes. Um, what is his book? Something about habits, but atomic habits, atomic habits. There we go. 
that book is amazing. I'm like, why didn't I hear about this earlier? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I started with like 10 minutes of exercise, to be honest with you. Um, I did. Uh, this is after two years of deciding that I should uh, prioritize exercising, that it has come to an hour today. But I started with just 10 minutes. I couldn't do more than that. I was probably huffing and puffing and probably giving up within the first five minutes at some point in the beginning. So yeah. Right. It, Right. So it's like, start from wherever you are and go from there. Um, So I know we're winding down here. One thing I wanted to ask is if you have any sort of like resource, like a book or a podcast that you listen to, something that the OTB audience could check out. Uh, Something that I listen to personally? Yeah. Like either a book or a podcast or just something that you like listening to or reading. Okay, Um, there are two YouTube channels that I go to every time I need inspiration for productivity, for mindset, and, you know, just in general, leading a more enriching life. The first one is Robin Sharma's YouTube channel. He is the author of The 5 AM Club, amazing book. Um, Highly recommend that to anyone who wants to change your life. It's just brilliant. It's beyond beautiful. So he has his own YouTube channel where he gives like 10 minutes of tips. And sometimes the videos extend to about 20 minutes, but he talks to you about how to increase your productivity, how to stay motivated, how to be the best version of yourself. And I think that's one YouTube channel that every single person needs to subscribe to and just, uh, you know, listen. The second one is Ed Milet. Now he is also a uh, mindset coach to many, many successful entrepreneurs and business owners across the world. He gives a lot of tips on goal setting, on motivation, and um, just being the best that you can for your business, how to make motivate yourself. And he's, he's a very powerful speaker, and he's probably a little bit, like Robin Sharma is more, um, he's a little diplomatic, and you know he's nice, and he's got a very good demeanor and all of that. And Ed Milo's like telling you to your face, you got to get your shit together, you know? So it's very, very contrasting uh, personalities and behavior. So depending on what you need at that moment, I feel these two, like sometimes I definitely need someone yelling at me and saying, you got to do this, Prit. And sometimes I need, you know, some, a nice kind voice telling me what to do. So these are two amazing YouTube channels that I highly recommend each one of you uh, do subscribe to. It's something that I personally subscribe to as well. Um, yeah. Awesome. Thank you for that. And I'll throw that in the show notes so other people can check it out. So let's end with a tip to encourage women who are in the arena fighting for the life that they want. Okay. My tip is from ordinary to badass, it isn't a process. It's just one step, one step that you need to take. You need to have the courage to take, overcome that fear. And if you can't overcome the fear, just kind of push it to the side and take that step. It's, it's all it takes is one step. And the minute you start thinking it's one step instead of a process, I think it becomes that much more easier for you to say, oh, it's just one step. I can do it. You know, it's, it's self-motivating and it really helps you. So I think that's one huge tip that I can tell you, because if I look back, my journey from going from ordinary to badass, it was just that one decision and that one decision that I continuously kept on taking again and again. But at the end of the day, it was one step, one decision. Yes. So powerful. I love that. So how can we connect with you? you. Okay. So you guys can catch me on um, my Instagram page. I'm the marketing nomad every single place on Instagram. I do a lot of funny content 
Uh, I'm like dancing Bollywood. I'm doing Bollywood dancing. I am showing my quirky side. On YouTube, I usually talk about topics like this, like limiting beliefs, how to embrace your authenticity, how to find your passion, all of those fun, fun conversations about it leading a more enriching life. On my podcast, The Marketing Nomad Show, I usually give marketing and business and mindset tips to business owners, entrepreneurs, and solopreneurs. And of course, you can call, find me on Etsy as well. I sell digital products to business owners and entrepreneurs. Website also, themarketingnomad.co. Yep. Thank you so much, Prit. You've been a total badass Thank and I've enjoyed you. hearing your story. <laughs> Thank you. It, it feels so nice to hear from you that I'm a total badass. Thank you, you are, so much. You are. <laughs> and with that, we'll end our show. To all the badass Bye, guys. staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, OrdinaryToBadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future Spotlight episode of the show. That's OrdinaryToBadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt, and get back in the arena.